Good evening, folks, and welcome to KNC Sports here in the L.C. Chandler Memorial Studio at KCOU 88.1 FM online at KCOU.FM. I'm joined by my friend Cole Tusing. Cole, what do you got to say about today's show? I just want to say we are both very sorry that we are able to unable to go on the air last week we had other stuff going on but i say we're back better than ever this week you know it you know it though uh better than ever is a little bit of of a subjective term i'm currently dealing with a little bit of a scratchy throat so uh if you hear me doing a little bit of the coughing action don't worry about me i'm all right but uh i might be dealing with that uh throughout the show but uh, we got a pretty good lineup for you today, folks. Uh, we're going to be talking about a whole host of things. Uh, of course, uh, the SEC basketball tournament uh, kicks off tonight uh, with two big games. Uh, Mizzou will play tomorrow. Um, we also have some big news from the NBA. We're going to be talking a little bit about baseball, about the comp, the NFL Combine. Heck, we could even throw in some soccer. I mean, Tottenham Hotspur blew a lead at home against Juventus today in the Champions League. So we might we might even get a chance to talk about that. But uh, that will come after our first break that we're going to take here very soon. Uh, we're glad you could join us today and uh, stay tuned for a good show. Do you like helping people? Do you think that sexual health education is important at Mizzou? Do you want to grow as an individual? Yeah, Lisa, that's definitely me. You need to apply to Sexual Health Advocate Peer Education, SHAPE. SHAPE is saving the world one barrier method at a time. Their peer educators give presentations all over campus in the Columbia area on topics ranging from abstinence and healthy relationships to anatomy, STIs, and barrier methods. How do I apply? Just Google Shape Mizzou. You can go to studenthealth.missouri.edu and apply online. Wow, thank you so much, Lisa. I want to be a shape here. This is an important message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. They attack our trench. We attack their trench. And then to keep the score even, they will attack our trench once again. French foot occurs when feet are wet for long periods of time. French foot causes feet to hurt, swell, and feel heavy. Protect your feet, clean and dry your feet, wear clean, dry socks, and soak affected feet in warm water for five minutes. Elevate bare feet when sleeping. Seek medical attention right away if you suspect someone has trench foot. I got the trench! If you don't stop your friend from drinking and driving, you're as good as dead. Drinking and driving can kill. And welcome back to the L.C. Chandler Memorial Studio here at KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. My name's Kyle Jones. I'm joined by Cole Tusing. And Cole, let's start the show off with a little bit of NBA. All right? Of course. So, uh... Last night, the uh, the Houston Rockets once again extended their streak. 
They are, I believe it's, I believe it's now up to 16. They played the Bucks tonight, looking to make it 17. Rockets are on a roll. Do you think that this is the year that we'll we'll finally see a team in the NBA Finals from the Western Conference that isn't the Golden State Warriors? That's definitely a fair argument, and you're definitely not the only one to point that out. I mean, you are a Houston fan, so you may have a little bit of bias there, but James Harden himself said that this is the year that they will win the NBA Finals, and if we take a look at that 16-win streak, the last time Houston had a win streak like this, they won the championship. I think that was with Clyde the Gliding Hakimer. What was that team? As the um, I believe that was the '94 team. Let me let me look that up. Uh, so- I know the last time Houston won a win streak like this, they won the championship. So it could pave the way for some good things future. Yeah, I mean they they've been just doing. You know, they've been doing amazing throughout the whole season. You know, they've beaten the Warriors multiple times now, both in California and in Texas. I mean, it it seems like it's almost destiny that the conference finals are going to be between the Rockets and the Warriors. And I had to, I had to admit, I'm really excited. What, what is your. What's your you know, kind of early prediction for what the uh, what the kind of, what the playoffs might shape up to be? I do agree that the Houston Rockets and Golden State Warriors are going to come out in the Western Conference Finals. I think Houston is going to go to the NBA Finals and go up against the Boston Celtics. So you think that it's going to be the Celtics who are currently in second in the East? The uh, the Raptors are forty six and seventeen right now, kicking butt. I could honestly see Toronto pulling it to the finals. Boston's got a great team, yes, but Toronto is always just like forgot about. I think they're finally going to, you know, they're finally going to make a statement, say, "Hey, this is, you know, this is our year. This is who we are." Does that make fair, Does fair that point. make sense? I just feel like when you have the Celtics with Kyrie Irving and. Yes, apparently, even Brad Stevens says that even though Gordon Hayward is showing workout videos, Gordon Hayward will not be coming back the entire regular season. Now, playoffs, I don't know if he's going to come back, but that will be huge for the Celtics. But they have young talent like, you know, Jason Tatum. You have, I said, Kyrie already. I just feel like Boston is a more of a well-rounded team. Toronto has some great players. Don't get me wrong. They have Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. But I just feel like... Boston is the team to beat right now in the Eastern Conference, even if the record does not stand that way. And do you think, just going back to Boston, do you think that they they were they won by uh, by letting it go? Do you the think Celtics? Yeah. Do you think Boston is a better team for allowing it to go to the Cavs, and of course now he's on the Lakers. That's a fair debate. I mean, you're basically debating between Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas, and that debate, I would rather have Kyrie Irving. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, he's so short, which means that he's a very liability on defense, and Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, has one of the best dribbles. That He definitely has better drill moves than Isaiah Thomas, one of the best dribblers in all the NBA. Definitely has a better shot than IT, so yeah, I think the Celtics won. All right. In that regard. So, um, st- sticking with the NBA, um, who do you think is the most disappointing team so far this year? 
the most disappointing team. Um, well, Chicago's got a few years <laughs> to go, so uh, I can't answer they're that. Still, they're still rebuilding. Yeah. Um, a disappointing team. Part of me wants to say the Clippers, but when the Clippers got rid of Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, I don't know what I was expecting. So, exactly, and they're only a half game behind Denver for a uh, for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. So I mean, I don't know who's your pick. My pick would actually probably have to be the uh, the Lakers. Everyone had all this talk coming into the season, you know, oh, Magic Johnson's going to turn the franchise around. Lonzo Ball is going to be, you know, golden boy. And now they have IT and they've got, you know, uh, Kurt, uh, not Kurt, uh, uh, Kuzma. I'm thinking of a, uh, I'm thinking of a soccer player named Kurt Zuma. <laughs> anyway. That's close. Um, but, but in the end, they're, they're, like, not even close to a playoff spot. And I understand, yeah, it's a young team. But, like, the way they were hyped up and the way Lonzo was hyped up and everything, like, I thought they'd at least get into, like, a low-seeded playoff spot, you know? Like, I thought they'd be better than Denver. I definitely thought they would be better than Denver. But I just feel like with Magic Johnson coming to play with the Lakers' ownership and everything, you have to give him some time. I mean, that's how all the NBA teams are. Like, if you look at... The Golden State Warriors, how when Steph Curry and Monte Ellis were on the team together, they were debating whether to trade away Steph Curry or Monte Ellis, and they ended up trading away Monte Ellis. It took years until they decided to build the team around Steph Curry. So I would say give the Lakers time. Though you know you you you, you make the time argument, but now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna slam the uh, the Houston reference on you because uh, if you remember, it was either this year or last. Uh, Leslie Alexander sold the team to Tillman Fertitta for a big money deal. And then Tillman Fertitta, like, immediately, this team is now the best in the NBA. Well, I mean, you already had assets. You already had James Harden. That's true. That's true. MVP conversation for years. That's true. I'll give you that. But as, James as, Harden is playing at a higher level, though, so I'll give you that. He, he's, he's turning on the Jets, and his chemistry with, with, uh, with Chris Paul it's insane. You know, once we're, I'm just going to go back to the fact that when Chris Paul, James Harden, and uh, goodness gracious, uh, Clint Capella are on the on the court at the same time, like 35 one or something. Like that. Yes, like they're they're essentially unbeatable. So you know, and, and Clint Capella isn't you know an asset. You know, I think the best players in the league. I, you know, Clint Capella isn't on my list. You know. Like, he's kind of like a second-tier player to me. But his chemistry with James Harden and Chris Paul, like, it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's like a trident, you know? And, and they, they, just, they just go at you, you know? It's because the pick-and-roll game is so strong with James Harden or CP3 running the point with Clint Capella. That's how this team is so successful. They've been just kicking butt the whole, the whole season. Um... What team has surprised you this season? Like like in a good way. Like, oh, I never thought that would happen. A team that has surprised me. I think I can think of a few play um I would say a team that has surprised me. The Raptors doing as well as they are is one, but I would say the semi sitzers. 
You're you're, uh, you're trusting the process. <laughs> I mean, you can't argue with Fats that Philadelphia is on this huge win streak right now, and they're doing great. I mean, like Joel Embiid and the rest of that squad are just kicking butt. You know, you can't deny that. Um, you said you're surprised by Toronto. I'm not actually that surprised by them. They're, they've always hung up near the top of the Eastern Conference. It was just a matter of time before they went and took the top spot, Spe- especially with the Cavs going into that you know that big slump right in the middle of the season, and the Celtics you know being kind of off and on occasionally. Um, but the the team that is kind of surprising me is the Miami Heat. Um. The Heat haven't been, you know, the best in the NBA. I mean, did they? They didn't make the playoffs like last year or the year before, I believe. No, they did not. The Bulls just barely beat them out and got the eighth seed. Right, but uh, right now they are a whole four and a half games ahead of Detroit for the eighth seed in the East, and Dwayne Wade is like, for some reason, getting back on his game. And like now, I think after and this is gonna sound crazy, but after the uh, after the the uh, school shooting at uh, at Storm and Douglas, and you saw how the whole entire state and the whole entire community rallied around that you know those those kids and that and you know and and that school and everything, like I it it seems like it seems like Dwayne Wade and the rest of that Heat team have been playing like better, you know they've got something to play for. Right, they're playing to inspire people who have lost everything. Right, they've got you know they don't have a chip on their shoulder. It's not like they're trying to prove, oh yeah, you know we're the best. It's simply they're playing to play for these people who have lost you know everything. And to me, that's awesome. It is awesome, and you bring up a great point and a team that sparks my memory of a team playing for everything after losing a lot is the Astros after the hurricane. Yeah, the the Houston Strong, that that whole mindset just like it turned the entire season on its head. And I think every I think I don't know, I knew as soon as they started going on a tear after they put that H that H Strong patch on their jersey, I actually kind of knew we were going to win the World Series. <laughs> They had something to play for, they had a cause, and they were doing it. Well, uh, we're going to take a little break, and uh, speaking of baseball, when we come back, we're going to be talking about spring training, so uh, stay tuned, you're listening to KNC Sports. Young people from all walks of life have volunteered to take part in a frightening experiment. They are allowing their brains to be altered. Altered to induce paranoia, heart malfunction, memory loss, even early senility. Unfortunately, this is not an experiment. It's what slowly happens to you when you keep smoking pot. No one has to alter your brain. You've already volunteered to do it to yourself. Two years ago, I killed my brother. That night, I had a few drinks, but I thought I was fine to drive us home. On the way, I lost control of my car and swerved off the road. The car rolled over seven times, leaving me hanging upside down. My brother was nowhere to be seen. I yelled for him, but there was little response. I found him 30 feet away on the side of the road. He was barely breathing. My brother died on the scene because of my poor judgment. I killed my brother. One decision can change your life. It changed mine. Visit www.tampatac.org for more information. 
Hey Mizzou fans, did you know that research at the Wellness Resource Center indicates that 80% of MU students have a negative opinion of people who litter during tailgating? This is why Mizzou has the best fans in America. This public service announcement has been brought to you by the Wellness Resource Center, Craft Beer Cellar, and KCOU 88.1 FM. And welcome back to the ALC Chandler Memorial Studio here at KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Online at KCOU.FM. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined by Cole Tusing, and you're listening to KNC Sports. So, Cole, we're going to talk about, you know, spring training baseball. But, you know, one of the big stories, you know, around spring training is not necessarily, you know, the scores. You know, the scores don't really matter. It's about you know, getting warmed up and seeing, you know, who's going to make the cut for each team, who's going to go to the minors and all that. But before we even talk about that, I want to talk about a huge move in the baseball world that occurred today, or this week, rather. I believe it was yesterday. Ichiro is going back to where he belongs. He's going home to Seattle. And I'm very, very, very happy. I, you know, I, he always talks about how he, you know, baseball is his life. He, you know, he wants to, he wants to play till, you know, till he, he can't play anymore. I mean, the guy even said, you know, I've, he, he said, and I quote, I've always wanted to play until I was, people always say I've wanted to play till I was 50. I want to make it clear that I want to play past 50. I mean, this guy wants to be like the oldest player in the history of baseball and he's still got the technique and the swing to do it, you know. So, what's your what are your thoughts on uh, Ichiro Suzuki going back to Seattle, back to his, back to where it all began? I have no words. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. I'm I'm very I'm, I'm I was just I saw that I was just happy as heck. I I like, I couldn't even fathom just how awesome I think this is. Um in other news, uh I don't know if you if you heard about this. You know, so a usual pitching rotation is uh you know it's five pitchers, you know, you go one per game, you rotate, right? For for starters. The the Tampa Bay Rays have said that this season they're not going with a five man rotation they are doing a four-man rotation, and on day five, if needed, they will supplement with a bullpen-like arrangement. Does does that seem logical to you? It's definitely a risky move, and I would say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. I I think it's a I think it's just straight up a dumb move from the Rays. I mean. You got it's tradition and it's smart for a five man rotation. You know it's been proven to work. Why change that? But you know it, we'll have to see if they wind up being just like really really good. Then who knows? We might we might see a change in the in the in the world of baseball. You know you have to think that if this goes well for Tampa Bay, then. Uh, They'll wind then this strategy will wind up like being implemented by the rest of the league. You know? Anyway, um one of the big kind of off season moves that happened was uh the signing of uh Shoei Otani, the uh the 
pitcher slash hitter who can he can absolutely he throws just a mean mean you know everything he's a great pitcher and he can also just hit home runs like nobody's business he is having a little bit of a rough start um in spring training you know you'd expect him you, know, you wouldn't expect him to get you know headlines in spring training but you, you'd expect him to be at least doing a little bit more but currently like he popped out to left field you know he like in one of his at bats you know most most players only get about one at bat per game in spring training he uh you know he got struck out by Clayton Kershaw he's you know he's he's having a tough time getting into the MLB groove do you think that he will improve do you think it's just a matter of time or is is he already a bust i think it's too early to place the bust card on him so far i think it's just going to take time to develop into like into the team system and you know like you said before like spring training it doesn't really matter like you know how many games you win or anything what win streak you are because it's all about the regular season how you're able to manage when it comes playoff time later in the year right and you know one of the big things about spring training is they have things like split squad you know they they don't play you know the big boys every game so you know I, I think I think you're right in expecting Otani to develop more and you know get better throughout the you know throughout spring training and then of course throughout the regular season you know um like surely a, a, a guy who you know just absolutely you know blazed it up over in Japan he's going to uh you know he's going to probably make some big headlines here I would hope. Um, so kind of moving on to some other, you know, baseball news, I guess we could say, you know. Uh, Astros got some poor news uh, last week. Yuli Gurriel, the Astros, uh, you know, big first baseman, uh, injured his hand. And he'll be out for a while, but he says he hopes to recover quickly and get back soon. Do you think this is really going to have a huge impact on the Astros or do you think it's you know that's gonna be a you know next man up sort of situation I think it's gonna be a little bit of both I mean Houston prides itself on challenges they've overcome and everything if you look at last year how they won the World Series after a lot of challenges they had to overcome and face but I definitely think it definitely takes a hit on them because they had so much pressure going into spring training in the regular season after winning the World Series, I mean, it's just going to go both ways for me on that argument. I agree with you there. But at the same time, you know, another thing that the Astros have prided themselves on is a very solid farm system, you know. This team was built, you know, through a farm system. You know, players that came up through Corpus Christi and Fresno and, you know, developed in the minor leagues. So... As as concerning as it is to have one of your top guys break his hand in the spring training, um, I don't think it'll be a huge problem for the Astros because there's always going to be someone else who's going to step up and take care of the biz. All right, so uh, transitioning out of baseball, let's start talking a little bit about uh, Mizzou basketball. You know, 
There's a lot to talk about. There's a huge amount to talk about. And we could just, you know, let's just do basketball in general. College basketball right now has just been kind of crazy. It definitely has. It's not like typical years where it's like Gonzaga, Kentucky, Duke being undefeated, then one number one seed holding that down the entire year. It's been fluctuating, even though I think Virginia's got it all locked down at this point. You would think, and, you know, I think this is, this is a, it's a beautiful year, frankly. The fact that we have no undefeated teams, everything's a toss-up, it's great. I love it. You know, so uh, ACC tournament is going on right now. Louisville is going to play Virginia in the next round. Um, do, do you see UVA coming out on top, or do you think Louisville will overcome the, the, uh, the Virginia maybe complacency and pull an upset? I would say hold all the upsets until when it comes March Madness time, but no, I think in all seriousness, Virginia is going to come out on top like they are expected to in the ACC. I was about to say SEC. Yes, the ACC. Uh, speaking of, you, you almost said SEC, so let's go look at, let's go you know talk about the SEC because that uh, that tournament kicks off tonight. It literally just tipped off twenty seven minutes ago. Right. So. Currently, uh, Vandy is falling behind against Georgia, twenty-four to twelve. The winner of that game plays Mizzou, mind you. And uh, I think you know one of the, one of the takeaways I'm getting from from this, look, just looking at the bracket, is there's not a I can't see a confirmed winner. You know, like definitely, yeah. Kentucky's been fluctuating. Auburn's the number one seed, but like. I'm pretty sure didn't Mizzou beat Auburn? No, we oh, we, had, we had it close in the first half. We were leading for a while, but then we got destroyed in the second right, half. Right, you're right, you're right. Um, but other than that, like uh, the you know whoever Mizzou plays tomorrow, the winner of that will play Kentucky. Mizzou did beat Kentucky. Um, A and M is playing Alabama, like. That, those are two pretty even teams. <laughs> like, this is such a wide open bracket. I I love it. You know, it's not just gonna be Kentucky running away with the whole darn thing. True. What is your prediction for this tournament? Especially now that we know Michael Porter Jr. is returning. That will be a discussion later on the show. I can't wait for that. But in all seriousness, because I'm getting the I have the opportunity to go to tomorrow. This game and God forbid if the Tigers can't beat Georgia, I'm able to go to the Kentucky game as well. So I think with Michael Porter Jr., by the way, he's not starting tomorrow. It is confirmed. He will be playing like twenty minutes or something like that. I think you get past Georgia, you're able to sneak by Kentucky and I I honestly lose to Auburn. Yeah, I think they'd lose to Auburn in the in the quarterfinal. Yeah, which I mean is totally respectable and would definitely boost the Tigers. You know, drafts not draft stock the uh, bracketology. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I have a question before we get on to SEC tournament, Mizzou and Michael Porter Jr. talk or anything. Let's talk about a team that was projected 
the number two seed in March Madness, but has fallen off. Oklahoma. OU has been a flop, frankly. Trey Young has, you know, you know, ESPN will talk all day and all night about Trey Young, but when it really comes down to it, like he hasn't, like you know, he hasn't led the team to anything. They're literally second to last. They're the second to bottom seed in the Big Twelve tournament. Like, there's a pretty good chance that they might not even make it out of their opening game. They play Oklahoma State, who I believe did beat them. Yeah, and that's the thing because before after before the season ended, they had a home game against Iowa State. If they had lost to Iowa State, they would be in the first four out in March Madness. That's how bad it is for Oklahoma situation, Trey Young right now. So you consider a team that was projected as a two seed and a favorite to win it all. They thought it was gonna be like a buddy heel situation. You nearly almost didn't make the tournament. So they're 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 gonna have to win this conference to get a decent seeding in March in March Madness. And the problem is you got teams like Kansas in there who is a obvious favorite. Yeah, the the winner of Oklahoma Oklahoma State plays KU, which KU would destroy Oklahoma. And you know, that's you know we we don't like KU down here at the campus of the University of Missouri. But, but stats are fact. stats. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, we're going to take another short break here. When we come back, we're going to keep on talking about uh, the SC- SEC tournament and basically all the college tournaments. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back on KNC Sports. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA, America's Wireless Companies, and the National Safety Council. They said... Drugs would make you cool. What's wrong with you? Man, forget you guy. Hey, wake up, CBN. Pay attention in my class. They said drugs would make you cool. They lied. Find out the truth about drugs. Drugfreeworld.org This kid died from using illegal drugs. And this kid died from using prescription painkillers. Now you tell me, which one's more dead? Talk to your kids about prescription drug abuse. And welcome back into the LC Chandler Memorial Studio here at KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. Online at KCOU.FM. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined by Cole Tusing, and you are listening to KNC Sports. Now, uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the Big 12 tournament and how Oklahoma has been a real letdown. Let's kind of transition to uh, you know the actual the you know actual NCAA tournament, and let's just kind of look at what uh, what bracketology has you know all the big teams at right now. <laughs> I'm looking, and 
I see Kentucky is a six seed. Mizzou is an eight. I'm trying to find OU on this thing. And there they are. They're a nine. They'd be playing Virginia Tech. And the winner would play either Harvard or Xavier. Which, uh, Xavier is a very good team this year. Of course, you know, the problem with Xavier is they play in a very weak conference, you know? So they, you know, they, they don't have that much of a challenge, but they're just very, very good, you know? So what are your kind of early predictions for the NCAA tournament? The early predictions, as I'm looking at this tournament, let's just say this is the confirmed March Madness bracket, which, by the way, <laughs> Suction Sunday is this Sunday, and I can't wait for that. But I'm looking at that, and I think a team that not a lot of people talk about, at least in my opinion, that could possibly make a Final Four appearance, Cincinnati. Cincy? Hmm. I mean, they are a very good team, but they've been, you're right, they've been very much under the radar. I don't, I don't know about them. You know, that's, they're a number two seed, which is very good, and they're playing Iona, so that'll be like a very easy win. Um, I could, I could see them going very far. Their, uh, their trip to the final four would involve, if, if if the bracketology bracket winds up being the official one, and that, like, that doesn't all, that, that actually doesn't happen that often, but if we look at what it is right now, their trip to the final four would have to, would have to go through Virginia, which... I don't see that happening. I see Cincinnati maybe getting to the Elite Eight, but Virginia, I think, is actually going to win the national championship. That's a fair argument. I just feel like Cincinnati plays a lot more aggressive and a lot more of an up-tempo than Virginia. Virginia is statistically the best defensive and probably one of the best offense. Actually, they are one of the best offensively teams in the country but I just feel like Cincinnati plays more of an up-tempo and tempo is huge especially in March Madness sake especially when there's a lot on the line so I think the tempo can beat Cincinnati I mean we saw that in previous years I mean look at a team like how South Carolina somehow after being dumped in the first round of the SEC tournament somehow made the final four I just get that comparison yeah i agree with you that seems like a very you know kind of a good analogy for that i just i don't know i just feel like cincinnati i I just they haven't they've been so under the radar i just don't really know what to really what to say about them i mean they could they really could be very good but i think when it comes to them going up against virginia they're just not going to be good enough all right who's your take i i think i already said my take to win it all is virginia like a team to get the final four, elite eight, team overrated, something. Um OU is overrated. Um, I think that Michigan could make it to the final four. So my final four is Virginia, Michigan, KU, and Xavier. And I think Virginia winds up winning it all. Hmm. I would say my final four would be Cincinnati,
Cincinnati. Villanova. North Carolina. Oh, UNC. All right. And Wichita State. Wichita State. You think the Shockers are going to go and shock some people? I could see it. I could see it. So uh, we already have, I believe, we have a few locks for the tournament already. Right? So uh, let's just kind of run through the locks so far. Um, from the Atlantic Sun Conference, the Lipscomb Bisons. Uh, talk about getting knocked out in the first round. Um, from the Big Ten, Michigan has already uh, won their won their championship, so uh, they've officially booked their ticket. Not like that was in doubt. In the Horizon League, Wright State has won their conference. Um, Wright State, of course, was a team that the Mizzou women played. Um, the Iona Gales have won the MAAC. And then Missouri, the Missouri Valley Conference was won by Loyola Chicago Ramblers. Northeast Conference was won by LIU Brooklyn Blackbirds, which, like, credit to the Blackbirds, that's a pretty lit name for a team. Um, for the Ohio Valley Conference, Murray State Racers won that one. For the Southern Conference, it was the UNC Greensboro Spartans. And in the Summit, uh, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits won. And then the West Coast Conference, once again, it, it, the Gonzaga Bulldogs have won their, won their conference title. So, uh, which one of those teams do you think will... Uh, Probably do the best. I have to agree with you on Michigan. I just feel like this team is way too good, and considering they <coughs> were underseeded, considering they were able to take down Michigan State and Purdue, I take Michigan. And which one do you think has the greatest chance of maybe causing an upset? South Dakota Jackrabbits. The Jackrabbits. That would be fun if the uh, if the Jackrabbits were able to uh, to upset whoever they play. That would be very fun. Um, I believe the Jackrabbits, uh, did they win Division Two football? I think they might have. It was either them or James Madison. I don't remember entirely. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's kind of our rundown for some college basketball. Let's kind of look at uh, in this. You know, the season is still young, but uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Mizzou baseball. Um, I got a chance to go to a few of their games uh, last week, and I was very impressed. They uh, they won. They were very very good. <laughs> I guess it's the right word. I mean they 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 mashed the ball. It was nice to watch. Um. Cole, have you been able to get out to a baseball game yet? Yeah, it's been really fun. This team has been really good. Dooka is a great pitcher so far. He's oh racking gosh. it up. Yeah, we gotta talk about that combined no hitter where Dooka was like on fire. He had what sixteen Ks. Like the man is just an absolute legend. 
So uh, right now, let's just kind of look at some of the stats. Uh, leading the league on leading the team on batting average is Brian Sharp with 475. He's done really well. He's got 19 hits, 12 runs, two doubles, one triple, three home runs. I mean, the guy's a beast. Um, do you see any kind of other players on this roster, you know, hit batting wise, who you know? When you know, just you you put on your you put on your team in an instant. Trey Harris, he showed a lot of energy when I forget what game I went to, but he showed a lot of energy and he was showing a lot of hustle. He was hitting the ball well. He made some great defensive plays. I remember, so I would say Trey Harris. Um, when I went, I reported on a game uh, over the weekend. And I believe it was Trey Harris, or was it Mark Veerling? One of the two jacked a monster three-run homer. And, like, it was just, it was deep. It was, like, just cued perfectly off the edge of the bat. Like, you couldn't have asked for a better hit. Like, you know, it, it was, it's just, it, they are very impressive to watch, in my opinion. Um... Kind of staying with some Mizzou on the diamond. Let's talk about uh, Mizzou softball, who are doing like equally as well as the uh, as the Mizzou baseball team. They've got just all sorts of just you know good results. They've been playing very well. Um, what do you expect out of this softball team this season, based on uh, what we've seen from them so far? Um, I would say for them to be ranked at some point and do some work in the SEC tournament. Do you think this could be a uh, college World Series bound team? <coughs> I would like to think the sound of that, but I just think it's way too early in the season to tell right now, similar to the men's team, so... Well, they're about to start SEC play. Um, their first game is uh, in the SEC is on Friday against number four ranked Tennessee. We'll have to see how they do against them. I think if they can pull a good couple wins off of Tennessee and instill some confidence in this team, we could be headed for a good season for Mizzou softball. Um, we're going to take uh, one more uh, one more short little break here. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show and uh, bid you adieu. So stay tuned after the break. This is an important message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. If you must use a chainsaw, follow the instructions to be safe. Wear a hard hat, safety glasses, earplugs, thick work gloves, chaps, and boots. Always hold the saw at waist level or below and make sure that others remain far away. Stop! Stop! If you are cut, put direct pressure on the wound to stop bleeding and get medical help as soon as possible. To learn more, call the CDC at 800-CDC-INFO. Artoo, where are you? Artoo? Artoo? Artoo, you're on fire! R2-D2, you found a cigarette. Well, I don't think smoking is grown up at all. 
because it's very dangerous. Smoking does dreadful things to your lungs and is very bad for your heart. So, well, I know I don't have one, but humans do, and I think we should set a good example. Well done, R2. Oh, hello. You know smoking is bad for your health, and it isn't grown up at all. So please, don't smoke. R2, do you really think I don't have a heart? And welcome back into the L.C. Chandler's Memorial Studio here at KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. I'm Kyle Jones. I'm joined by Cole Tusing, and you're listening to KNC Sports. And Cole, um, I know that you are not the biggest soccer guy, but I I just want to take a brief second to talk about what happened in the Champions League um, today. So, first off... Um, Tottenham Hotspur came into uh, came in today's into today's game at home. They were ahead on aggregate uh, two to sorry they, uh, sorry they were tied on aggregate uh, two to two. And uh, every, but the, you know their two away goals meant that uh, a draw would do right. But. Despite gaining the lead early in the first half, they proceeded to blow it in the second and are now out of the Champions League. Like, this is... I know you, you don't... You know, you're not the one to follow kind of soccer history and what Tottenham does and all this, but this is such a Spurs move. They continuously get right on the cusp of greatness, and then they just bottle it. So I ask you, what uh, what comparison could you make with a team from another sport that just, you know, they're always on the cusp of greatness, and they just mess it up? Let's see, a team that is always on to something. Um... Really gotta think about that for a second. Uh, I mean, I can think of like, gosh, back back way way back. Uh, they used to call they used to call Houston Choke City because the Rockets used to just lose. Just they'd be right there about to win it, and they just blow it. Um, Mizzou football did that a few times this year. Um, that's a painful memory, but I think I'll bring it back up. Um, trying to think of baseball teams who do that. Ah, goodness. One could say the Dodgers. (laughs) Um, maybe the, despite, you know, uh, despite the World Series win, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you really mad here, Cole. How about the, the Cubs? (laughs) <laughs> that was that was a dagger, right? Wasn't it? Yeah, sure, it was. Kick a man while he's down. But I would say a team that I can't compare it to would be going back to the college basketball discussion. 
a team that is always honest on the butt just blows it is <coughs> Arizona. You're right. Zona always has a very good team. They look like, oh man, they're gonna win the championship here. It's gonna be you know, it's gonna be great. And they just blow it. Absolutely blow it. Um, in other soccer news, Man City lost to Basel. Albeit um Man City was not playing their uh their strongest squad, so nothing to be really surprised about there. I mean they started they started Phil Fodden, which when you start Fodden in a Champions League match, that means that you've already just you know you've you've admitted that you've won the tie and you're just looking to see out the rest of it. So uh, that means that uh, Juventus and City will go through to the uh, to the next round, along with uh, Real Madrid and Liverpool. So we only have about two matches left, uh, two two day match days left. Uh, games between Man United and Sevilla, Roma and Shakhtar Donetsk, and then uh, Besiktas is playing Bayern and Barcelona is playing Chelsea. Now, uh, as a Manchester United fan, I'd like to say that uh, United is going to win, especially considering that uh, the game is at home and. Uh, the uh, the United coach uh, Jose Mourinho has won seven out of the eight games he's uh, he played against Sevilla while he was manager of Real Madrid. So you know one would think that you know yes United are going to go through, but the problem with the Champions League is you never know. Anyway, so uh, that's a little bit of soccer talk. Um. Let's transition to American football, and we can talk about uh, we can talk about some uh, NFL combine action. You know, the NFL combine's going on right now, and uh, one of the you know big headliners was uh, Shaquem Griffin. You know, the uh, one-handed linebacker who uh, is just absolutely you know phenomenal. The guy ran a heck of a 40. He can defend like no one else. He was part of that uh, that undefeated UCF team that claimed a national championship. Cole, do you think Shaquem Griffin is going to make it to the NFL? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you look at the story and what he's doing the draft combine, there's no question that he will get drafted in the first round. You think you think he'll be a first rounder? I do. Wow, even even with only one hand. I mean, he's impressing me. He he's impressing me as well, but I can't see him going anywhere higher than second. You know, I think he'll be a second rounder, and you know, great for him, and he'll have a job in the NFL, and he'll be able to move up in whatever team he's drafted drafted to. But I just can't see anybody like actually. You know, putting putting him as their first as their first round pick. You know, but go on to picks and everything. I'm looking at the mock draft right now, and <coughs> it's keeps shifting between. All right, let me ask you a question. Where do you see Saquon Barkley being drafted? In Saquon Barkley's probably gonna go number two. I think. I think the uh, I think the Giants are going to hold on to Eli Manning for another year, get Saquon Barkley, and then the year after they're going to draft a quarterback prospect. 
Okay. Um, I keep seeing Lamar Jackson again taken down at like I saw Arizona one point at like pick seventeen or something like that. If I'm mistaken. Yeah, he's been falling. You know who else has really been falling? Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. And I mean, like, it, it seems like it seems like the the mock drafts and the scouts and everything believe that Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen are the better quarterbacks. Which I mean, you can make the argument, but I just don't see that. I mean, Baker Mayfield won the Heisman for a reason, you know? They won the Big 12 for a reason. I mean, yeah, he lost in the college football playoffs, but in the end, like, he's still the Heisman. So do you put Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold then? (sighs) Because even though Sam Darnold had it off year this year, he last year won the Rose Bowl against Penn State. Right. I mean, Sam Darnold kicked butt last year. He was off this year, but, you know, you don't just look at one year. I mean, I guess in that same sense, Baker Mayfield was only truly making headlines this year, right? And that kind of is what broadens the perspective for these draft choices is the fact that you have to look at all three or four years that these guys played, you know? Like, that's why Josh Allen comes in so high, you know? Sure, he plays for Wyoming, so, like, no one cares. But over his four years of, or three, I think, I think he I think graduated early or something, you know, he did the whole declare for the draft as a junior bit. Um, over his, you know, over his college career, he put up great numbers. Um, do I see him going ahead of Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, or Josh Allen? No. Um, sorry, Josh Rosen. I'm mission. I'm mixing up my Joshes. Um, I think it'll go Darnold, then Mayfield, then Rosen, and then Allen for the order of how these QBs are picked. I think Saquon Barkley will go second pick, and uh, I think Bradley Chubb will probably go to the Colts. Okay. Um, one thing I saw um, that kind of interested me was uh, Peter Schrager, uh, one of the guys who does the mock drafts, was predicting that Josh Allen goes four to the Browns but then is traded to the Cardinals. But then it also, he's also listing that, so it also looks like uh, the Cardinals will pick Christian Christian Kirk, the wide receiver from Texas A&M. I don't know, that seems weird. Um, I don't know why the Browns would give up their fourth pick considering they have two picks in the top five. In the first round, I, I think that'd be really dumb for them to give that up. But you never know with the draft. I mean, look at a, uh, look at the Bears who traded up miles and miles to get uh, Mitch Trubisky, and it's working out so far. <laughs> I would say. Or the Texans who did some mad trade to get up to uh, draft Deshaun Watson. I mean, the Texans don't even have a pick in the first round of this draft. Because they went all in on getting uh, on getting Deshaun Watson, 
who knows? I mean, it's, it's all crazy how the draft works out. You always get big kind of spins, you know, people coming from out of nowhere. We'll have to see how it works out. It, it won't be for another couple of, you know, another couple of months. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. I can't wait. Yeah, definitely. So before we wrap up the show, I have one question for you, and this can go for the NFL, and this can also go for uh, men's basketball. Do you believe that if a player, do you believe that if a college athlete declares for the draft and does not get drafted, do you think they should be allowed to go back to school? Yes, I do. I think that a college, a, I think that any any person's, um, any person's academic career should not be punished because they tried to go professional. You know, like I I understand the idea of amateurism in the NCAA, which frankly is wrong. I am I am of the opinion that there should be some sort of salary in place uh, for NCAA athletes. I think it's gone on for too long. The NCAA makes much, much, much too much money for the athletes to not get anything. The coaches make much too much money for the athletes to not get anything. Anyway, that's uh, that's my take. I'm sticking with it. Um, that's pretty much all we have for y'all this evening on KNC Sports. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, my name is Kyle Jones. I've been joined by Cole Tusing. We will uh, will come to you live at the same time next week. So uh, make sure to tune in, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye bye.